Well, I'm just back from Fiji, and that's uh, sort of an uncomfortable truth. Uh, not long ago, I was in Iceland, halfway around the world, and over to Fiji. I'd never been there. I stayed in a lovely resort, the Shangri-La, and I had a little golf cart to drive around in, unbelievably powered by uh, fuel, by gas, gasoline and not electric. But there are 800,000 people in Fiji, less than the million that are in Rhode Island. They're spread over a score of islands, but mostly on two major islands. The average income is around $14,000 U.S. And the minimum wage, if you're earning that, equals a little over $10,000 a year. Most of the residences that you see from the road are what we would call hovels. Uh, Many don't have glass in the windows. Many don't even have doors in the doorways. Uh, at least half had outhouses that I could see. The proportion might have been higher. Uh, and um, they're cobbled together with tin and wood and stones and bricks and whatever. The buses that I saw had no windows, and uh, everyone seems like a dog. <laughs> because when you ride on them, uh, your head is out the window. Most people are overweight. In a week there, we saw one slim Fijian woman But otherwise, with the exception of the dancers who do the shows, all the women and all the men are quite heavy. They are quite overweight. And I'm not quite sure to what to ascribe that because the food is healthy. It's fish and it's vegetables and some lamb. Now, the food is bland. It's not great food. Better than Iceland, but not great food. Not enough spices in it. But the average age is 68. The average age in the U.S. is about 80. Tourism is the economic centerpiece, of course. There's an old, narrow-gauge train that used to carry sugarcane that was abundant on the island, they still grow some, to the mills from the fields. It's one of these narrow, narrow narrow-gauge trains that you're afraid will topple over. It's designed uh, or sort of um, decorated in an Indian style in that it is uh, uh, very colorful, bright, bright reds and so on. And occasionally it works, and they run it to uh, some of the markets, but it's extraordinarily slow. And I I could run faster than this train. Uh, That's how slow it is. So Fiji's an interesting place. Uh, The government formerly uh, was um, a series of coups and dictatorships. Uh, The country has no retirement plans. Uh, If you stop working in Fiji, uh, there's very little you can get in terms of, of money except what you've been able to put away. And of course, the, the pay isn't very high, so you're not going to put away uh, a great deal. And yet, and yet, these are among the happiest people I've ever met. And I don't mean tourist happy. I don't mean please people who are paying us happy. I mean they are genuinely and legitimately happy. They are smiling, they greet you, no one diverts their eyes. Everyone looks you in the eye. And so, uh, someone might see you three times during the course of a morning and every time they greet you, and they greet you by saying, Bula, B-U-L-A, Bula. And they say it with that kind of gusto. And you start saying it back, and it's a remarkably cathartic kind of expression. You see somebody and you're anxious, you're eager, you can't wait to say bula. They have a a, what's called boom gates. And so when you, it's a giant boom. And when you get to the resort, the security is there. And um, although there's virtually no crime on Fiji, let me add that now. 
I saw one police car uh, racing down the road, who knows where, but there's no crime on Fiji, uh, for all intents and purposes. But at this boom gate where security is, they, they've raised the boom. Talk about raising and lowering the boom. And uh, there's two or three guards there. Everything is overemployed. In the shops, and the restaurants, overemployed. When we got to the restaurant, to the airport, a man took our uh, cart with our luggage. Uh, there's no tipping uh, out to the uh, curb where our car would uh, be coming. The limo would uh, pick us up. Uh, another man waited to take the cart back, and still another man waited to make sure the traffic went around us. Everything is overemployed. Wages are low, but everybody's got something to do. So at this boom gate, there are three or four security people at all times. And one of them is in charge of yelling, Bula! And he lifts the gate, and he'd scream at you, Bula! And jump up and down. And I started screaming back at him. It is absolutely infectious. I was talking to Dan Gilbert uh, not too long ago of Harvard, uh, who was a, my guest speaker at Thought Leadership, but I went up to have drinks with him in Cambridge. And one of his points is that there's not a connection between happiness and income. Uh, he's made this point uh, repeatedly in his lectures and in his writing and so forth. And he says, you know, people who are successful can be happy, but there's not a direct correlation. And I remember when I lived closer to New York, I used to have my hair cut at John Barrett. It's on the top of Bergdorf Goodman. And John Barrett is very famous as a hairdresser in New York, as a stylist. And he would attract the creme de la creme. Uh, you'd see a news anchor in there. You'd see a TV personality and so forth. It wasn't unusual. I was usually there on a Saturday morning. And when I was there, uh, there'd only be two or three men in the place. And everybody else was female. And there might be 40 women getting their hair colored or dyed or whatever you do with those tinfoil things in your head, or getting manicures and pedicures or facials and so forth. Uh, and as I would sit there sometimes uh, getting a manicure and looking around, I would say over 90% of them looked unhappy. Just my observation. But they seemed unhappy, and they certainly weren't very kind to the staff. So I don't think there is a direct proportion between wealth or affluence and happiness. And these people on Fiji are legitimately happy. They have a good time all day long. Vinaka is their ongoing thank you. And they say it all the time. And it's one of these uh, easy-to-use words, which sort of means, thank you, you're welcome, excuse me, I'm happy to do it, and so forth. Not unlike prego, perhaps, in Italian. So you hear a lot of bula and a lot of vinaka. Everyone looks you in the eye, everyone smiles. And they all cite Fiji time. And Fiji time is the proverbial, we got two speeds here, slow and stop, which you hear in the Caribbean, and they call it Fiji time. I was in the shop in the resort complex, and of course there were two or three people staffing the shop. And uh, while one woman is ringing us up, the, the guy takes out a plastic bag, for which you pay 10 cents uh, Fiji, which is about 6 cents U.S., but he's trying to open the plastic bag. You know how they, they stick together. And then I, he's, I notice he's trying to do it from the bottom. There was, there's no opening. And I pointed, I said, you're trying to open the bag from the bottom. I said, I do that all the time. And the woman looked at him and said, don't worry, he's on Fiji time. Meaning there's just no rush about anything. So life is very slow. But I found it was also very gracious. Uh, anything you need is delivered or provided. Anything, but slowly. And so... Room service is delivered, warm, uh, the way you ordered it, but it takes about an hour and a half. There is no rush about anything. We had meetings there for two days with my Pacific Rim growth cycle, 
and they had a very nice conference room, and we'd start our meeting at 9 o'clock, and along about 9.30 or 9.40 in the morning, (laughs) the guys would walk in with coffee. And nobody said anything because there's nothing you can do about it. And they knew the meeting started at 9, and the coffee should have been there at 8.30. But every day the coffee came in at 9.30 and 9.40. That's what happens there. You can't tip. People are just happy and appreciative. We went to church one morning, Catholic church, about, um, oh, 80%, I think it is, uh, uh, Fiji is Christian, mostly Methodist. The Catholics are about 19%. So we went to Catholic church on Sunday morning, and uh, it was a small church, uh, nicely done. Uh, I would say it held perhaps, oh, 100 parishioners, yet there were people sitting on the floor. The floor space was completely taken up in addition to those 100 seats. People were standing against the walls, and people were sitting outside on the platforms outside the building, listening to the, to the Mass and celebrating the Mass. Uh, and the kids who were there, you know, most people, most males wear something called, I think it's a sulu, which is sort of a skirt, which is very cool, apparently. Uh, but the kids also had on bow ties, white shirts and bow ties. The music was sensational, far better than my church here in East Greenwich. They had a huge choir. They had maybe six women and six men. They had a guitar and drums and so forth. And the harmony was excellent. So we rush around all day to try to save 10 minutes, right? You and I. And then when we save that 10 minutes, we really don't know what to do with it. I mean, that's the uncomfortable truth. We drive fast, we run fast, we move fast. But then what do we do with the time we save? I met uh, only one pushy, rude Fijian all week. Just one. She worked in the gift shop. And she stood out very unfavorably and very obviously because she was so pushy and rude. But she was the only one. Waiting because you have to wait is highly stressful. Waiting because you choose to wait can be quite exhilarating. So slow down and give life a chance. Bernaka.